Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Sadly, my friends, soccer in 2019 has come to an end here in Sacramento. But before you get too depressed and try to cheer your weary soul by turning your soccer attentions to the big European competitions, where Middle Eastern oil states now flex their soft power muscles on the pitches of England, France, and Spain, we would like to take a moment and soak in all the wonderful things that have happened here in the 2019 USL season. Got a little political there. Did it get a little political, but I'm also right. Joining me in the studio tonight. You're not supposed to talk yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry, I'm sorry. Because it's all part of my intro. Joining me in the studio tonight <laughs> is a man we have all come to know and love, and it's not Zach. He has forgotten more about USL soccer than you or I will ever know. His past success rate remains a whopping 100% for home games at Papa Murphy's Park. Papa Murphy's. It sure is. And his tactical understanding of the beautiful game remains otherworldly. He does have one fault, however, and that is that he thinks international football is not a joke. Despite this not-so-little lapse in soccer judgment, Scott remains one of the greats. Full stop. Scott, it is a pleasure having you in the studio tonight. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I literally had a conversation with somebody on Twitter today about like, oh, it's going to be an interesting podcast because of all like the news that's happened, yeah, right? Yeah. Which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's see if we can keep Nolan from talking about international football. <laughs> no. <laughs> didn't It'll have, never I didn't even, happen. I never had a chance. I had a great, this is totally off topic. I had a great, 30 seconds. I had a great conversation <laughs> with uh, one of my fellow philosophers about um, the just ridiculousness of the nation state and like our like just tribal allegiance to this ridiculous thing we i'm gonna start bringing country. a spray anyway, bottle so i think it <laughs> every time he starts talking to about have it. him on the pod i think it'd be great to have him on the podcast because he can share with us all the relevant information about how we're just playing to bare facts of our psychology and not using our minds to actually think well squirt what does this have to do with soccer uh nothing okay. also <laughs> not joining me in the studio tonight not is joining. zach this has been a busy week for the boys at the 916, so we had to do some schedule shifting, and sadly, Zach could not make it to record tonight. We know that he is out there doing something uh, immensely good in the world, so for that, we are happy, and we look forward to him being here with us next week. Only I'm here, baby. Only he's here, and I wrote the intro for him not to be here, but plans changed, and things happen, and he is here, so Look, I couldn't, I couldn't stay away. No. All right? And we, I could not stay away from talking about this depressing soccer game yeah, and we that we had against El Paso. We couldn't bear not to be with you either. It was, Aww, it some been kind words. Sadder. Yeah. After but such mean words. that you ruined my intro <laughs> twice. I didn't ruin first it. By not, for, first by coming, I didn't, and then second by I didn't not read it this time, if oh, that yeah. helps. Okay, okay. That makes I sense. didn't go and read it first. Yeah. I usually read them because they make me laugh. Yeah. Well, did you happen to read the news notes of this segment guys we have breaking news cue the breaking news music what the crap nolan you know i was just gonna let it go silent and it'd be a little awkward and then i would have recovered it really you know like casually and all suave but you messed that up nolan just like i messed up your intro guess we're even now we have breaking news simon elliott has been sacked (sighs) and the other guy they announced him and the assistant coach. No, he have, was nice. Has also been sacked. <laughs> Simon Elliott and the other guy has been sacked. Now I gotta look up his name. Uh, his name is the other guy. Well, I mean, not necessarily something that we didn't see coming. Um, wasn't the 
the brightest season. It wasn't the brightest regular season. We had a good couple wins there in the postseason, but uh, especially with the MLS announcement, Simon Elliott getting canned, not necessarily surprised to me. Simon Elliott and Benjamin Zimmer. Benjamin yeah. Button. Z i e m e r Zimmer. I will miss his New Zealand accent. I will say that. Was he on a contract to coach for the Snake Series? Did they just decide not to? So renew what it? the what the press release said was they chose to not renew, not okay. to discuss renewing their contract. So I guess they were on two-year contracts. Okay. So. So really, he wasn't so fired. So kind of in a way, it's like a wink-wink mutual thing. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't want him back. Paul Buckle was here for two years, and then they let him yeah. find another job and whatever he's doing now, still at home. So, yeah. come back, please. So they tried it for with Buckle for two years or year and a half or whatever, didn't work out. Elliot Simon Elliot tried it for two years, didn't work out. It's oh. funny though, because Elliot did not have the best of luck during the regular season, but had some wins in the postseason. And Buckle had great success in the regular season, but couldn't get a win in the postseason. Well, he finished, he being Buckle, finished second in the West and then eighth in the West. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was grouping had, Elliot into was that. was one and that one my bad. in the, the postseason. Elliot finished, uh, what, what was last? What was second. last? Yeah. Second in, oh, sorry. Buckle finished first in the West. Yeah. And then eighth. One and one in the postseason. Elliot finished second in the West, and then seventh in the West, and then was two and two in the postseason. Okay. So first to eighth, second to seventh, one and one, two and two. How can you be one and one? One win and one loss. He only played one postseason? No. Buckle had two two postseason appearances. Yeah. Yeah. He won one of them and lost the other one. But what happened when he won the first one? He went to lose the second one. So, so it's so, one and two. Sorry, one and two. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I forgot, I I blocked out the. Who was before Paul Kinsley. Buckle? Uh, Precky. Oh, I Precky, thought Paul Buckle was Precky, the first Precky. one. Precky, Precky, Precky. just kind of like dropped off the map for a while, and then coached St. Louis, I think, and then he was the first one. Okay. And then dropped off the map again. But yeah, in conclusion, Simon Elliott and Benjamin Button uh, canned. <laughs> Precky <laughs> is an assistant coach for the Seattle Sounders. Mm. Ah, gotcha. gotcha. And Precky, Good for him. Precky was the first coach of the season. He was the first one. He's the yeah. one that we won the title with. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. People uh, are saying that they want him back, and I'm like, ah, yeah. nah. Yeah. Ah. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember. I, I wasn't a like close enough fan to tell you like an accurate like opinion, I yeah. feel like. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a big enough fan back then. Yeah. Like that first two years, I like watched the club, but... It wasn't like my life like it is now. Yeah. I think yeah. we should move on to the next point. Unless... Let's move on. Uh, we you can, know, yeah, if... Simon has, has been canned, so has his assistant, Scott. If there's more if there's more time at the end, then we can keep talking about it. Um, but for now, really quickly, San Diego soccer club thing has announced their uh, their name and their, their crest. It's Have you guys doozy. seen it? Have you guys seen yeah, the, the I name? saw it on Copa 90. So they are the San Diego Loyal. Loyal. Not Royal. Uh, it's loyal. loyal. SC soccer club. They loyal baby. Um, it looks cool. It it's nice colors. I like yeah I like yeah. the colors. It's very San Diego vibey. I don't like the name. I don't like the name. Yeah. 
I don't mind it. I don't like the name. Also, the Y looks like a pitchfork, and eh, I don't know. What's their mascot? I think it should be a golden retriever. Yeah. Because they're loyal. They are loyal. You're right. That's actually a pretty good idea. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't die. Yeah. Well, That's brilliant. I mean, it, cool colors, bad name. That's my yeah. opinion. Yep. So that was the thing that happened. Google the it. USU 17s bombed out of the U17 World Cup. And when I say bombed, I mean bombed. Bombed. They uh, lost three. Oh, sorry. Two of their three matches. And the other match was a 0-0 draw with Japan. Ugh. They lost 4-1 to one, and I believe 4-0. to zero. That's rough. So... The future is the future is bright. Not as bright as the San Diego SC <laughs> logo. <Pressed>. Rest. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but some good news that's happening in the American soccer world is that the MLS Cup final is coming up this Sunday, Sunday, November tenth on Sunday. ABC. Sunday. The Seattle Sounders will host Toronto FC. Yep. Yes. In the MLS Cup final, it will be very boring because they've met three times in the past four years in the mls cup final and i think everyone's sick of them is that accurate i'm just kidding i, don't, I have no idea i i, I honestly didn't I, know I, yeah I, well i don't know i'm glad galaxy's not in it i feel like that was it's just always like they're just kind of like i think everybody was there. really just expecting lafc to be in it yeah yeah so I, which like, i would have been okay huh? with yeah. yeah and i think everyone was also expecting it i think everybody really wanted LAFC in Atlanta. Like, that's what I yeah. wanted. I, yeah, wanted. I wanted that too. And to see like, not as sexy. Seattle and Toronto again. Yeah, to see that again. Like and- the the narrative has has to shift from like the contest between the two teams to other things. Like I've heard it talked about um, that Michael Bradley's contract with Toronto, Toronto is is basically like it's in his contract that if they win. Uh, mls cup in 2019 then he's like he's guaranteed like a, a predetermined contract like they won't negotiate it's like yep you're we're gonna re-up your contract for another that two years so brilliant to how do you um I, yeah so that i think is a big thing like a, a kind of a, a fun story uh, another i guess fun ish story is it's at seattle not toronto this time oh. um seattle is like the most successful club in american soccer in the last decade they sold out um the seattle seahawks stadium century for this uh for this game in like less than an hour yeah um so i i think there are more in there's interesting stories if you think about it but it's it's not like all the new money the new blood it's like oh like no Toronto's been here for a while. Mm-hmm. Seattle's been here for a while. It's I I think it'll be an interesting match tactically if you're into that because Seattle has been kind of a a chameleon during the game. They'll they'll go from pressing to sitting deep and counterattacking yeah. and possession and then Toronto's just had a lot of injuries, so they can't really do everything that they want to do, but they're known their coach Greg Vanny has been known to shake things up, like the season that they just destroyed. It was like uh, two two seasons ago. Uh, they they played a three five two the whole season, and then in the MLS Cup final they played a four four two diamond. And it was like what? That was out of nowhere. So something could happen, but the games that they've played before, the, like their first final, 
that Seattle won in penalties was pretty boring. <laughs> Nobody was willing to come out. Nobody could do anything. Hmm. So I hope it's not like that. I hope it's a, I hope it's a fun match as a neutral. That's kind of what we're hoping for. Yeah. That we, you know, we see some bangers or I, I don't something like that. Something that entertaining. In the Eastern Conference final with from Toronto, I think in like the 80 something minute, it was a beautiful goal. So go watch that. It's a beauty. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially because we will be there in a couple of years. We'll be in the MLS. Um, but we are in the USL, in the USL for the next couple of years. Mm. The USL have their conference finals coming up. Real Monarchs, the red hot Real Monarchs play El Paso. Boo, yeah. Not even boo. It's like. (laughs) 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 Copa 90 sent one of their guys to El Paso for that playoff game. Um, And he was like, you know, tasting all the food in El Paso and was in the fan culture. And it looked pretty cool, actually. I wish we could have gone. That was good for them. Bit pricey, but um, maybe next time. (laughs) So Real plays El Paso. Indy 11 for the East Coast uh, play Louisville FC. Yeah. Louisville have been here quite a few, well not maybe not quite a few times but but i think multiple like, times in the last couple of years if you're talking about again like okay not like oh it's the same team here again you know it's or what like this isn't the same louisville team like those two years they were coached by you know their most successful years were with james o'connor and now this is this is this the, is a different coach and with like half the was it the rich richmond team or no 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 that uh i i don't no he so this coach um John Hackworth was the coach of was the previous coach of the USU 17s. Oh, okay. So okay, I'm, yeah. I'm mixing things up um, here. But don't, don't listen to he, me. He he plays differently, yeah. and he um, has played differently, maintaining a lot of the same core players as the two as the previous iterations of Louisville. And this is the same Louisville organization that was in Orlando as Orlando City SC as a USL franchise that won in 2013. And then when Orlando city became a major league soccer team, they moved their franchise to St. Louis. So this is now, this has to be one of the most successful groups of Mm. soccer minds in the USL championship, probably of its, of the, of the league's lifetime. Cause it's not really that long. So I think that's super interesting and then there's Indy 11 that just signed a bunch of great players and mm. said, okay, this is, we're just going to sign everyone and see how this Throw works. Throw the money at it. And, and, yeah. and then there's the Monarchs, a two team that's like. Who are on fire right now. Yeah. Like I, I kind of halfway through the season figured out that they were good. Yeah. <laughs> and then El Paso is kind of pulling a Sacramento and is in their first year and they're making a run at the cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And they play a really good brand of soccer that, you know, we weren't able to stop. So. I think there's there's so many cool stories and, you know, kind of just different things to talk about from these two games. I hope they're fun. We might be able to sit down and, and watch them and kind of tell you how they went. Break them down a little bit for yeah. you. And speaking of breaking it down, Quincy Butler scored a goal for the Hoffenheim U19s yeah. this past uh, weekend. For his first goal for them. Remind us for... For those of us just tuning in, who Quincy Butler is. Yeah, so he's a winger that graduated from the academy huh. and in this past summer moved to Germany and signed uh, with the Hoffenheim U19s. Hmm. And I, I knew he had been playing, um, but I this is his first goal. So good for him. Um, 
again, the reason we keep tabs on these players is now that we're a major league soccer team, it it's not unfeasible to bring them back. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it pretty soon we'll be playing at a higher level and they'll go from being 18 year olds to 20 year olds and they'll need professional minutes. And if they're not getting it in Germany, maybe they could get it here. So yeah. Yep. Totally. Well, that wraps up our news segment for the evening, but oh, let's don't do it. Quick. Don't do it to us. <laughs> we no have a very exciting uh, thing to talk about tonight, and that is the loss at El Paso that occurred over the weekend. So, for those of you who don't know, Sacramento is out of the playoffs. They lost to El Paso three to zero. Really dragging us on. Yeah, and it <laughs> happened, and it was sad, but it was a fun game to watch. I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so just we want to make sure that we're like stating the result up front. It was a 3 0 loss. Um, the first goal came in the 40th minute, the last two came in like the 80th and then the 87th or something like that. Um, so two late goals that kind of sealed the deal for El Paso. My impression of Sacramento's first 35 minutes is that they were a bit lethargic and let El Paso have a lot of the ball. Um, and really didn't create a lot of chances going forward. Um, but then in the second half, they really seemed to have came alive, had four or five really good chances. Uh, uh, I don't believe it. Was it a shot that went off the crossbar or a headed goal, a headed ball? We had one to go off the crossbar Something and went off the post. Yeah. No, it was just crossbar. And we had a post. Kendrick had a, Whiff. Goal, like had a, a ball headed off the goal line. Yeah. Uh, By yeah. the defender. By a defender, yeah. yeah. So – I so I went back and watched. I was only able to watch the first twenty five minutes, mm. but it was it was pretty even. I think El Paso had the better chances, mm. but Sacramento had chances too. Like I, I really think it was probably the last. I don't. I don't even like. It was pretty even. I was gonna say the last ten minutes maybe was when it starts to get a little bit more El Paso mm-hmm. from what I remember, but. That first goal was off of a set piece. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think like it really to me was maybe like fifty five percent to like forty five percent in terms of fifty five percent El Paso. Not in terms of possession, but like they've just been that little bit better. Mm-hmm. They were just that little bit cleaner on the ball and things like that. Well, and we and hit, they they had, had control of the game. I mean, when that set piece happened. When it got set up, I turned to you. We were watching yeah. the game together, and I was like, I don't like this. This is not good. And I went in. It's, we've had such a tough time against set pieces, especially from that spot, that that kind of uh, side, you know, 25 yards-ish yeah. off to the side. It was a that short spot. Um, cross it in yeah. just outside the eight-yard box. I think Cameron Nawasa in six-yard box. But yeah, I know. I said eight, and I was like, Wait, it's not eight, <laughs> but I was like, "Is it eight? In my head, I was like, "No, I think it's six. Anyway, yeah. six yard box. I believe it was one of Thomas and Wilson's or Cameron Wass's guy that got away at the near post and headed in from the corner. Um, was I the only one that saw that? It's another I, unmarked. It, 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 it he was, ran right behind him, and it was so like the line of people yeah. was like maybe two yards or like like a yard inside the 18 from yeah. what i remember so and it was somebody outside of the 18 that made a run that ran in front okay and whoever was supposed to be marking him was like looking back 
at the line of people and when the ball was kicked lost to, I, it might have been Skundrick I can't remember who it was yeah. exactly but it he lost him and the player who who scored that was that Omar Salgado no that was a Gomez it, all, all I'm saying is it was a tall player yeah that's what I remember um so you gotta mark the tall players I'm looking it up right now yeah Gomez who's like a giant so um I kind of disagree with you on that point but definitely the second half like we had five chances in a row yeah that we couldn't convert and after we lost control of the ball I just got this feeling in my gut like that was that was the chance that we converted in the other games that we didn't we, we haven't converted here and it was in the it was like the 55th, 60th minute, and I was like, there's, there's just not enough. We don't have enough attacking opportunities left, like solid attacking opportunities left to get two goals. Hmm. And we didn't. Yeah. And the – so if you just look at – if you didn't watch the game and just look at the results and see a 3-0 loss, like you may think that it was a bit of a thrashing. I don't think – it was. I think overall Sacramento were, if not equally matched on the night to El Paso, the better team on the field. Uh, just looking at the stats, Sacramento had two big chances created, whereas El Paso had one. Sacramento took 17 shots to El Paso's 13, which that that metric is a bit misleading because you can take tons of shots and just be really have yeah they yeah, could yeah. be really crappy. Um, but they created 11 chances to El Paso's 10, so um, they're El Paso are not clearly the better team in the. The final two goals came in the 83rd and in the 88th minute, um, and we'll talk about the the 83rd goal in depth a little in further down the show. But it was a penalty. Um, a defender drug down the um, Deckel Keenan drug down the guy. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, okay, Cause, yeah, because I definitely want to hit on that like hard. <sighs> okay, but I, I just think the Sacramento rants. played really well. They just weren't clinical enough finishing those four or five chances clear chances that were created um, yeah i think i think i i think partially agree it's hard it's tough i think we were a better team but after we went down on the scoreboard that's when we became a better team so those stats are kind of skewed in a way it's still sack had so many chances while the game was 1-0 and just couldn't finish that's that's what was tough for me is like you know we felt like a better team for most of the game, but it was after we were scored on. It was after we were down, and at the end of the day, we just could not finish. So, and the commentator even said that, like, "Oh, well, Sack's been playing down a goal for like almost the whole, post-season. you know, like you know, like five minutes of uh of the playoffs. Have they not been playing?" down a goal you know pretty much the whole thing has been down a goal so maybe they'll play better and we did we we had our most dangerous chances when we were down a goal but it took getting down a goal to be like oh we should play and i think that's what you're kind of referring to in the when in the first half you're like wow we were really lethargic compared to the other two playoff games we had where we were already down and we were like crap we have to go now yeah like there was no urgency yeah until we were like oh hey we need to score Mm-hmm. to stay level and then we have to score again to go up mm-hmm. um and, and this is kind of where i i disagree with you on nolan on the 
the three zero scoreline suggests that you know Sacramento was just blown out. Well, even though the chances were kind of equal, maybe in number in the first half, I never really felt like Sacramento controlled the game up until we were down a goal in that second half where we had like 15 minutes where we were just like bombarding them. Mm -hmm. We were just, you know, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. But when, after we came out of that stretch, I feel like pretty much for the rest of the game, El Paso controlled the flow. Mm -hmm. They didn't need the ball in the second half to get those goals. They were content sitting back and defending even though I don't think they wanted to, I think they would rather defend with the ball. I think they would rather have possession so that you didn't have the ball. But when it came down to it, as we you talked about in the, the pregame, you know, Chiro and Toku played very well. Mm. Um, we all know James Kiffey's a, a capable defender. And their, their two holding midfielders did what they needed to do. And they got out of it. They... I'll say this. El Paso's lucky that they didn't get scored on because we had some beautiful chances to score. But I I think that with the exception of that about 10 or maybe 15-minute stretch, El Paso really controlled the game. Mm-hmm. In the first half, they were, be able, they were able to create more dangerous chances. In the second half, they were able to get on the counter, which leads us to this 83rd-minute penalty, which... Okay, can I okay. say something fast? Yeah, go for it. But did we say that the first goal came from a corner or from a free kick? Because the first goal came from a kick. free kick. It was a free kick. For, okay, I just want to. Yeah. Me. Okay, sounds good. Sorry. Continue. Um. So okay. So this. Deckel, deckel, deckel. So. In the first two games, the first two playoff games, we had some critical defensive errors, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't call Mitchell Tanner's own goal against New Mexico a, a really a big defensive error. But it did lead to a goal, so yeah. It, it was still a shot on goal that he got in front of and didn't parry away. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Zach changed Deco Keenan's name in our little our show notes, and it's, it's inappropriate. Wildly um, inappropriate. So, Mitchell Tanner didn't have an own goal. He had a, no, it wasn't an own goal. He just didn't clear the ball. Right. He cleared it into the goal. Yeah. Um, and then... We had a bad back pass in the second game, and they were both very early so we could come back and score. This defensive error comes in the 83rd minute, and it puts the game out of reach. Deco Keenan has um, Sebastian Velasquez, a very experienced player in this league um, that uh, El Paso got halfway through the season. They brought him back to the U.S. to play. And uh, on a counterattack, Velasquez is dribbling at him. Inside the box, Deco Keenan has him not squared up in front of him. He he being uh, Velasquez is kind of shaded to his right, and Deco Keenan for whatever reason just decides to go down early. He just stabs. He he stabs. What I have heard defenders are taught to do is stay on their feet, take stay away a shooting lane, stay in front of him, and then when the shot comes, if you need to go to ground, go to ground to try to block the shot. Deco Keenan goes down early, draws a, penal- a, a clear penalty, mm-hmm. and then uh, not Velasquez, but another player whose Sub- name... Contreras. Yes. Sebastian Contreras. Con- Contre- Contreras. Something yeah, like something that. like that. 
Who, I, I think he he had been starting actually a lot. Like he had been he'd yeah. been a bigger role than just a sub. His but, shirt number was ten, so I think he's more like right. attacking midfield. Um, so he comes in and converts the penalty. Sacramento go down two to one, and I think we we all kind of were like, "Well, it was a good season, boys." <laughs> yeah. We this, yep. this game or it's, sorry, not two to one. It's two zero. Yes. Yeah, and you know we kind of all were like, "Yep, that's over." That's it. But then Velasquez in the 88th minute does get his goal off of another counterattack because Sacramento had thrown people forward. Um. I'm just, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, he has, Deco Keenan has, so he might be a little a shade to his right, but he, he's right up on him. So there's, there's no run up to defend there. He's right up on the guy with the ball. So in that, in that situation, all you need to do is keep him in front of you. And he pretty much had him in front of him already. He was in a great spot. Just keep really. him in front of you. The reason, this is why it makes me so mad, is the reason you bring in a veteran mm-hmm. like Deco Keenan is because you hope he won't make boneheaded mistakes like that. Yep. That is a novice mistake. That's a like fundamental a fundamental mistake. He panicked and was like, crap, if, we don't, if I don't block this shot and he scores, then we're over. Well, guess what? If you draw a penalty, there's a higher chance of him scoring. So... Yeah. It just he's makes stupid. me so yeah, yeah. He he's not coming back. There will be rioting in the streets. And we will lead well, it. Well, he's like thirty two. He's yeah, he's thirty five. He's what? Old, he's thirty five. Yeah, he's done. From what I've heard too, from like people who are, I've heard he's just not very nice. Agreeable. Really? Person. Remember that guy we talked to? We don't know if that was him. We are we assuming that it's him. We're, I'm, it's got to be him. We can't say that on the pod. That is a... Uh, I don't know that's about this. Dark do web. I know about this? That's dark web information. I'll tell you that. No. Oh. Okay. okay. We, have a, we have an insider. From the Reddits. We have an insider that has given us inside information on... Who would on like to remain anonymous. ...the character of some players. We are assuming this is Dekel that this guy was talking <laughs> about. We're assuming. Yeah. But... We don't know for sure. Therefore, we should not speculate on the podcast. Anyway, that is my okay. official words. So, yeah. a player that we've kind of changed tune—I've changed tune on a little bit—is William Bijev. I don't know if I want yeah. to go that far, but he, I hear you. I, I'm for the playoffs, he, and even the even match before the playoffs against the Monarchs, maybe a couple games before that. Even he, he's done better. Yeah, and he came on and looked dangerous again. I, I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, I'm—I've been pleasantly surprise uh, and that being said i hope he doesn't come back because this is what he does he does nothing <laughs> through the whole season and then in a knockout game Just he'll say flashes. oh crap this is my only chance i should probably be a soccer player again <laughs> and then he does something and you're like oh man he's got so much potential he he, he, he did it against lafc in the open cup last year he did it san against jose. san jose in the yeah, open yeah, cup I was this, gonna year. Say he did it this year he has done it he, he had those two assists in the tulsa game yeah um He's looked pretty good in the in these playoffs. He yeah. had the assist the, for the second goal yeah. against Reno. <laughs> and he, he's looked. I'll give him. He frustrates this, me. Though. Yes, I'll give him this though. He's looked like more of a complete player the past couple months. As far as he hasn't been such of a liability. Defensively. Where before, yes. yeah, defensively. Where before or, or offensively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in tur- in turnovers. And where before it was what kind of overshadowed his liability-ness 
was he would make an amazing pass or he'd have a great touch or he would put a good set piece in like it was there was something that like kind of just overshadowed his bad playing mm-hmm. or now it seems his fundamentals the the simple things he, the simple things he looks more polished as a soccer player mm. which is encouraging still don't want to see him back i think we have better options i would like to see those options stay and then newer better options come in to yeah. support yeah. and have him leave which which we will talk about that in, in the coming future weeks. episodes when um, off season pods yeah. yeah one thing that we didn't have in the show notes but i thought was kind of significant was the richie ryan thomas and Volson fight oh yeah that's kind of fun that did happen, yes. Thomas, I, I kind of was like... I was all for it. Kinda, okay, so so just to recap really quickly, there was a... This was later, it was in the second half. Yeah, I believe you know, after... 60th-ish. It was still 1-0. Yeah. yeah, it was still 1-0. Um, Thomas Enavoltson fouls someone on El Paso. I can't remember who. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richie Ryan, who's an experienced... sub. An experienced player. I, I think he Scott played in Major Mind. League Soccer. Yeah. Comes over and they come together but they they both are smart in that they kind of pull their heads back a little bit and kind of puff their chest out because if you make head-to-head contact that's a that's a that's a red card oh wow um but if you chest bump somebody that's that's not so so enna volting kind of puffs his chest out and so does ryan and you know they kind of run up and like their statues like (laughs) yeah you know not moving their arms because they don't want to like swing do the Um, tussle the soccer tussle yep and enna volting is standing and kind of holds his ground and ryan makes contact uh, and then just falls back yeah. and then everybody you know runs over and pulls a good old lebron james and i, I think there there were cards handed out to, to both of them both and but it was just silly like n- literally nothing in my opinion happened no nah. other than ryan made it look like it was a professional foul well it was a tactical foul to stop a counterattack. right but i'm saying ryan i think had it in his head like oh i can I can maybe get a reaction out of yeah, Thomas Edavolson. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Edavolson is thirty-two. Like he's, not he's not gonna. gonna I, I don't. I would be pretty surprised if he's gonna react. So, it was it was entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. In a sad moment in the day, we got a laugh out of it. Yeah, so. true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's boys. Let's move on to the end here. Yeah, we... go for it, Noel. Do you have something to say? Oh, are we, are we going to talk about El Paso being more clinical? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you have? I mean, I you wrote that it. down. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Then you bolded it. I <laughs> yeah. just I just think the difference in the game was El Paso converted their chances and Sacramento didn't. Which has been the case for many teams that have played Sacramento. Yeah, and, and I, I was listening to the USL show um, preview of this, and they basically said that it's going to come down to who has the better finishers. Like, mm-hmm. both of these teams have been very up and down, and they basically said that whoever has the better finisher is the team that's going to win. Whoever has the the better individual players having their individual moments is going to win. Thomas Enavoltson didn't really have a, a solid look. Cameron Awasa, uh, I think, could have done better. Aliman could have done better. Skundrick should have put a ball in the back of the net, but instead yeah. heads it directly out of player. Um, we had our chances, and we didn't finish. They did have chances, and they finished. So... That is a uh, that that is our kind of analysis of that. All right, and now we are going to I think go back and talk about the coaching 
situation yes. that we have. So um, we were going to talk about kind of end of season takeaway and kind of lead into the next episode. Maybe we'll just say, maybe we'll just take a second now and say the next episode we're going to do is going to be a kind of a season review mm-hmm. of the whole season narratives, everything like that. And then the following episodes are going to be a, a position by position review and superlative. players we want to see come back and yeah, superlative stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like we did like the end of the season or sorry, mid-season, we did mid season. Yeah. Uh, like awards. We're going to do now our end of a season awards and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. we'll do all of that in the coming, maybe speculate a little bit on players we want to see come. Yep. Yeah. Players we want to see come. Oh my gosh. But Stefano Benomo, even in the line, even in the 18, the past couple games, I don't know. I, I forgot. I don't know. Him. I forgot. About um, and then we'll talk, you know, more major league soccer stuff. We'll talk other news, of course, blah, blah, blah. We will be back for next week. Yep. Um, and I think what we've discussed, what we feel comfortable with is doing an every other week schedule up until about maybe when things heat up, which mm-hmm. we're assuming is going to be about February when there's preseason games and there's games for us to review. So yeah. we're going to take about a an eight week ish kind of maybe 10 week kind of slower season that'll be kind of our off season Mm -hmm. we have some things that we have to discuss as a as a corporation if you will um llc yeah as a as a as a podcast so we will have content out there for you guys and hopefully we will have maybe some new content coming in different types of formats um we'll tease that so oh but last thing if you have something you want us to talk about uh, in the big, broad postseason review, yes, or somebody you would like us to interview, yes, if if there is someone, that... there's no such thing as a stupid DM. Yeah, let That's us so know. True. So, so we have been given kind of permission from the club to sit down with a couple people in the off season once player transfer stuff kind of settles down and we know mm-hmm. who's coming back. So. Once those things get announced, let us know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let us know. DM us. Talk to us. Yeah. And Find we'll... us on Reddit. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. We are on Reddit. Yeah. So. Let us know. That's anyway. the that's the off-season kind of plan. Speaking of off-season plans, there's a coaching hire yeah, that coming. Yeah, to be made. Yeah. So we said Simon Elliott's gone. He, he had a season. It happened. He had two seasons to prove himself. He Apparently, he was on a two-year two contract. Yeah. Because the announcement said that he's not renewing they're not renewing his contract let's go back okay Mm. let's not think about the playoffs he didn't get fired or not renewed because of one game he had two seasons here do we think that not bringing him back is justified based on his performance as a manager yes or no yes okay so like we had okay the postseason run this year was made possible through the brilliance of individual players and Agreed. smart mid-season player acquisitions not just thomas and volson but think about juan barahona creating so much from that left side um, oh yeah bobby sure. shuttleworth mm-hmm. replacing uh, a not ideal keeper situation in which josh cohen left mid-season right. um and so i think those three players even formella especially Derek formella scored two game winners that's True. six points that um had, had the assist for the had. third goal in reno <laughs> yeah had the assist for the third goal so like yep um 
yeah, that proved to be very smart, but that's not really having anything to do with Simon Elliott. That's no, that's the Tom general Dunham manager, Tom yeah. Dunham. Yeah. So, um, there's just nothing that well, he and didn't do a bad job. He led a, a team to two playoffs. And on that note of player acquisitions and players doing well, do you remember when we had that Reddit fiasco yeah. with Kevin Nagel? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he yep, basically yep, yep. said that he talked to Todd. Dun- this was after it was the, the string of losses. Yeah. And it was, uh, he said like, there's nine games it left was, of the regular yeah. season, right? So it's two thirds of the season had gone. Yeah. And or over two thirds, three quarters of the season had gone, and the what what Nagel said was, I've spoken to Todd Dunavant, and I've asked him multiple times if he would still make the player signings, knowing now, based on what he saw of them before he signed them, and Todd Dunavant said yes, I would, and I remember us saying. Okay, well then, that sounds like you're throwing Simon Elliott. Under you're the bus. throwing not the players under the bus. Who's the scapegoat here? Well, it, it was definitely not Todd Dunavant, mm. but it's either the players or the coach. Well, well, if you're saying that you believe in the squad, because that's another thing that Kevin Nagel said and Todd, that Todd Dunavant said, he was like, "I believe in the squad. I would still sign these players." Then it sounds like you're throwing the manager under the bus. And we were like, huh, that's interesting. And then now we know that he's not being brought back. And we're saying that the reason that we had success in specifically in the postseason was because of individual performances. I think that's what you were saying, right, Nolan? Yeah. So are are we saying that, you know, these we're, we're now seeing kind of the all of these maybe feelings come to fruition with Simon Elliott departing the club? Yeah, that someone could do a far better job with the players that he had at his disposable at his, <laughs> disposal. his disposable. Um, <laughs> and I think that's right. And also I think they're looking to the future and saying, ask the hard question is Simon Elliott, someone we trust to maneuver an MLS squad through their first season in MLS. I think that's a resounding no from yeah, anyone who has any sort that, of for sure familiarity with the club. And so I think it was just practical. Like you're just not cut out for this level yet. I think that, Simon Elliott's relatively young, mm-hmm. and he'll go and work with youth or work with lower division U.S. soccer or somewhere. Maybe he'll go back to New Zealand or uh, Oceania or something and um, get more experience there and develop as a manager, and I think that's okay. I, what I hope out of this is Simon Elliott can, can look back at the two years he spent here and rework in his head how am I going to make my tactics dynamic in the final third? I think that's where we found the biggest lack um, in his game planning. Um, This team lacked identity for much of the season, and they were very stagnant in the final third. If he as a coach, as a person, can go back and say, how can I take these weaknesses and make them strengths, he could end up being a really good manager. And just on a note about his departing the club, Scott, when we were at the game um, and did the post-match press, the post-match interview with Simon Elliott after the New Mexico win, um, we he fielded the questions from the people who were there, and then after the recording devices were off and everyone was kind of wrapping up, uh, he 
was speaking to he like spoke to us but not, i don't think he was talking to us because that was our first time there but the reporters who had been there throughout the season and he kind of said hey i just wanted to thank you guys for your continued support of the club it's been a pleasure yeah um it felt like a goodbye it felt like a goodbye and like I, like we mm. were talking to him, it's like i think that was his saying this is Adios. our last home game and i will not be around so thanks for the the memories kind of thing um so i i'm sure he this was not a surprise either um but yeah just it's part of the game and it sucks but now we get to speculate on who comes to yeah. be our manager in the future yeah and um sorry I, I was just on twitter um and can i just say this i make a lot of typos i i'm, I'm realizing oh really it's okay i can't spell yes yeah, my life you, you make a lot of typos texting i, I, I just kind of overlook them nowadays um yeah but somebody um on the the comments for the the um the the league announcement on Twitter that Simon Elliott was going to be not brought back said horrible decision. Uh, the, the team had a soccer identity and played entertaining soccer. Who was this? His name is Gabriel Bolton. I disagree, Gabe. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. That, that's the most interesting comment so far. What was this team's identity? Um, and then he just pointed out my typo, which is I said interning instead of interesting. <laughs> My point still stands, Gabe. Um, yeah, what, what was the identity, <laughs> bud? Because we're still trying to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. What is this identity? Gabe, this is what's called a red herring in argumentation, and uh, you still did not answer the question. It is so. a fallacy. Yeah, so I, I, I think but I think us three, I know, agree. We don't know what the plan was. We kind of saw it kind of develop, I think, but I it think was too late. To it, Nolan's point, it, I don't know that we really saw it develop. I think it was a lot of individual talent that overcompensated for it. I, yeah, it it was a very simple plan, which made it easy to defend against. And you were ba- you were basically banking on, okay, I'm going to get the ball down the field and let my stars figure it out. Yeah, yeah completely. And beyond that, it there was some tactical nuance to it, but very little. Yeah. Well, there's some basic tactical nuance. Yeah, like it's how, pretty basic at the USL get, level. It, the the plan was basically how can we get Thomas Edelvoldson on the ball in a dangerous area? How can we get Kamawasa on the ball in a dangerous area? Okay, those two didn't work. All right, I guess we'll cross it in. Yeah. It, it was that was pretty much it. So I think we we all agree. Yes, this is a good move. I yep. think it even we could even go back to two years ago from his hire was in the the mindset of we have to see what we have in him. We know what we have in him. It's not what we want. Let's move on really quick. Zach, the next coach that is hired, do we think this coach should be brought in under the pretense of you're going to be our coach for major league soccer? Or do we think this should just be a caretaker for the next two years until the major league soccer coach is brought in? I no, I, with risk to losing some W's in the next two years, I think you have to make a decision for the long term. This is going to be an MLS team, and and but but on that, uh, making a decision for the long term, making it a coaching decision for MLS doesn't necessarily have to be uh, you're giving up short term success. So. I, I think we definitely should be looking at a coach that we are, uh, that we should have um, and that we plan to have for the MLS instead of just a sitter for the next two years. Mm. Nolan, do you agree, yes or no? 
I agree. Agree. Yeah. I I'm in the gray area. Doesn't matter to me as long as there's a plan. Bye. All right. Well, Fair that enough. is our show. You guys know what's coming in the off season. I love this game. <sighs> I well, tried. Okay. Um. It was a good season, guys. It was. It was a good. It was a good first season for the nine one six Republic. Thank it you. Was. Thank all of Thank you so much. You for listening to us. It yeah. was very encouraging to see as this year progressed. We've grown a lot. We've like grown. Our to listenership grow. and interaction yeah. on social media. Like we've grown a lot. A lot. You and guys have no idea. You guys. Yeah. And it's been so encouraging, so exciting for mm-hmm. us to be a part of. Um, if there was zero people listening to this podcast, we'd probably still be doing it because oh, yeah. we love doing this. Oh, yeah. We're passionate about soccer, passionate about the Republic. Um, but you guys make this really fun. It's better with other people. Yeah. It is. It's better people pointing out my grammar. <laughs> um, and we can't and wait we can for. We can't wait to continue to do this and see where it goes. Yeah. So thank you. Yep. Cheers. Oh, Cheers. <laughs> That's better than what you normally say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as always, glory, glory. Sacramento. Sacramento.